the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. Living God, speak a word that showers like rain, making the earth grow and blossom. Living Christ, speak a word that sprouts like seeds, giving bread to the hungry. Living Spirit, speak your word within us, fulfilling your purpose for all creation. Amen. A reading from the first book of Kings. Listen to God's word for all of us. Elijah went into a cave and spent the night. The Eternal One's word came to him and said, Why are you here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I've been very passionate for the eternal God of heavenly forces because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They have murdered your people. I am the only one left, and now they want to take my life too. The Eternal One said, go out and stand in the mountain. The Eternal One is passing by. A very strong wind tore through the mountain and broke apart the stones before the Eternal One. But God wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound that was thin and quiet. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his coat. He went out and stood at the cave's entrance. A voice came to him and said, Why are you here, Elijah? And Elijah said, I've been very passionate about the eternal God of heavenly forces because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They have murdered your prophets with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they want to take my life too. The Eternal One said to him, Go back through the desert to Damascus and anoint Haziel, the king of Aram. Also anoint Eru, Nimshi's son, as king of Israel. And anoint Elisha from Abel-Maholah, Shaphat's son, to succeed you as prophet. Whoever escapes from the sword of Haziel, Eru will kill. Whoever escapes from the sword of Heru, Elisha will kill. But I have preserved those who remain in Israel, totaling 7,000. All those whose knees haven't bowed down to Baal, 
whose mouths haven't kissed him. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Listen, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came, and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far away from land. Very early in the morning, Jesus came to his disciples walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. They were so frightened, they screamed. Just then Jesus spoke to them, Be encouraged, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, order me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, rescue me. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, saying, You of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? When they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Then those in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, You must be God's son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When the prophet Elijah heard the quiet presence of God, he wrapped his face in his cloak, demonstrating that hiding underneath blankets when the world overwhelms us is indeed an ancient strategy. I can remember as a child wrapping myself in blankets as if they were impenetrable shields, able to thwart the evil designs of nighttime terrors. Even when I traded in monsters under the bed for the monsters of middle school, a quilt effectively shut out the day's drama. There are days when like Elijah, the best armor we can assemble is a blanket wrapped tightly around us. There are days, or weeks, or whole seasons when life's ugly side batters against us. 
Elijah fled into the desert because the queen threatened to murder him. He almost didn't make it to Horeb, the mountain of God, so convinced was he that he was better off dead anyways. When our energy is spent and our optimism has evaporated, we understand the appeal of bundling up with blankets or drawing tight the drawstrings on a favorite hoodie. But once you've swaddled yourself in makeshift security, go. Go stand at the mouth of the cave with Elijah. God doesn't mind the quilt. In fact, you've got the right idea, since God's own self is shrouded in silence and shadow. Go and stand at the mountain before the Eternal One. That was the command God issued to the prophet. I always assumed that Elijah obeyed at once, ready and willing to step out in faith. I always pictured Elijah gasping at the stone-splitting wind, trembling as the earth quaked beneath his feet, standing in awe at the raging fire. But Elijah was not standing at the cave's entrance. Instead, he was probably still curled up in the fetal position deep within the cave. The whistling wind, the shaking ground, the dancing fire, none of these roused him to answer God's call. Only the thin, quiet voice of the Spirit, the still, small voice, lured him outside. But first, he wrapped his face in his cloak. This is a portrait of faith. Elijah's whisper of faith and God's abundant faithfulness. There are other episodes in the Bible where Elijah's faith is strong and sure, like when he challenged the prophets of Baal to a contest to see which deity held sway over Israel. There are moments when Elijah's faith is reckless, as when he oversaw the slaughter of those 450 prophets of Baal. But today, scarcity thinking overshadows yesterday's confidence. The complaint and the fear rise in his voice. I'm the only one left. Today, Elijah's faith is small. Today and every day, God's faithfulness is deep and wide. Elijah is not alone. There are 7,000 in Israel who remain faithful to the Eternal One, who will not bow 
to the king and queen's greed and repression. God sends Elijah with a mission, a future, and a cure for scarcity. The prophet isn't the only person to shoulder the burdens of faith. There is enough faithfulness to go around. We could follow Elijah to Damascus to meet with his destiny, but God would like to talk to us now, wrapped in our quilts and concerns. Friends, this has been a challenging week. Even beyond the storms of politics and the stresses of making ends meet, to the south, Chemung County has exploded with new cases of COVID-19, approaching 200 active cases. And here in our backyard, more people are getting sick in Schuyler County, including two positive tests at Seneca View, where our loved ones reside. After Gary was trapped in the elevator, a technician confirmed that one of the parts had indeed failed. A new part and a new repair job are on order, but not likely to arrive before this Wednesday's food pantry, a time when we rely on that elevator the most. Meanwhile, our church council, the session, has tabled the possibility of hosting remote learning students in Hector in our building. We understand the need, especially in rural Hector, and we know that answering it would make a positive difference in our community but we are at a loss for leadership. And we don't know whom God might raise up to make this dream a reality. The Eternal One knows the temptation of scarcity thinking. Our culture has taught us well to believe that there is not enough, not enough public will to contain an infectious disease not enough volunteers to lug boxes of frozen pork loin up two flights of stairs, not enough leaders or space or time to accompany kids trying to learn over Zoom. God has compassion for us because God's own heart has broken time and again for this world in need, that's why God waits for us at the entrance to the cave. Think back to the wind, the earthquake, the fire. Why wouldn't Elijah assume that God was, in fact, in these catastrophic events? Why wouldn't Elijah imagine that God was pouring out wrath and anger 
since he was convinced, since he had convinced himself that he was a failure. But God got out of the fire and brimstone business a long, long time ago. At the mouth of the cave, as much as on the wild waves of the lake, the Eternal One is full of grace and steadfast love. I can even imagine the still, small voice speaking to us and to Elijah the words that Peter heard. Be encouraged. Take heart. It's me. Don't be afraid. And while we're on the subject of Peter, let us not equate having only a little faith or weak faith with having no faith at all. After all, not only did this disciple answer Jesus' invitation to come to him on the water, but when he became frightened and started to sink, what did he do? He shouted, Lord, rescue me. If that's little faith, it is faith aplenty. It is enough to take the first steps. It is enough to cry out to the Savior for salvation. It is enough to take the Savior's hand when he grabs a hold of you. Love made flesh doesn't walk away from Peter in disappointment. Love made flesh doesn't walk away from the mouth of the cave in disgust. Love always comes close to us when we are most in need. Most days I can only muster a bit of faith. Today, tomorrow, and in the weeks ahead, I pray that I will offer this bit of faith to God, who is abundantly faithful. I pray that the Eternal One kindles a fire with our small bits of tender faith, such that we live in a way that no one in our county dies of this awful disease that has claimed more than a million sisters and brothers worldwide. I pray that the one who provided Elijah with 7,000 supporters sends us the people that we need to feed our neighbors. I pray that the still, small voice echoes in our own small voices such that we find the partners that the Spirit has gifted to help us seek the kingdom's goals for our neighbors. There is enough faith. 
not because we are amazing believers, but because the God of amazing grace is faithful to us, through us, and for the whole creation. For such grace and faithfulness, let us give all glory and gratitude to God, generous giver, gracious gift, glimpse in our acts of sharing. Amen.